One of the questions we often get asked is, how do you become an EFI tuner? Considering there is no formal qualification path that you can go down to make you an officially recognised EFI tuner, it can be a little bit tricky. So we're here at Pikes Peak with David Rowe from Electronic Performance Systems or EPS all the way from the UK and we're going to find out how exactly David got into tuning. Welcome to High Performance Academy's Tuned In Field Report podcast series. In these special midweek episodes, we look back through our archives to find the best conversations we've had through years worth of attending the best automotive events across the globe. We've pulled the audio from these tech-filled interviews with some of the industry's most well-known figures for you to enjoy as a quick hit of insider knowledge. David, you are originally from Australia, but you've moved to the UK. You've been tuning for years. Can we go back to the early early days, how did you actually get involved in tuning in the first place? Um, the way I got involved was I actually got a um, great job at Motec. So um, right from the start, I worked from the factory. So um, then I got employed as like a, like a workshop technician and then we got involved in customer support. And then we also had like the engine dyno um, at the fa facility as well. And so we used to like put engines on dynos and then we used to test software from the engineers and blah, blah, blah. And I sort of, it just sort of evolved really because you sort of, you don't sort of class yourself as a tuner when you're sort of working there to start with. And then then all of a sudden, you know, your knowledge increases. And, and I think that's the joy of this industry is like every day is a school day and you sort of, you know, learn as you go along really. So I think it's probably fair to say you started with a completely unfair advantage getting an inside line with a manufacturer such as Motec. The point you just touched on I wanted to sort of expand on a little bit as well is, is one of the reasons why I still enjoy my job and I really love EFI tuning. No matter how much you may know, there is always more to, to learn. You, you simply never stop learning, and particularly with new technologies coming out. Before you actually started with Motec, had you any experience with EFI tuning or were you straight in the deep end at Motec? No, pretty much straight in the deep end really. So, you know, we sort of... Um, you know, this was sort of back in like 95 when we sort of got involved with MoTeC. And I remember, you know, we sort of, when I applied for the job, you sort of, you know, stretch the truth a bit for the old resume and, you know, yeah, we know about computers, et cetera. And of course, you sort of, we didn't, it wasn't really a known thing back then. And of course, you know, you sort of naturally get involved with computers and, you know, you naturally sort of have an enthusiasm for it. And that sort of, you know, leads you to sort of where I'm now, really. So. Uh, most people watching probably aren't going to be in a position mm. to jump into a job with a manufacturer. So uh, for those out there who are interested, maybe they're enthusiasts or maybe they're wanting to learn a bit, little bit more, could you give us your sort of insight into what skill sets you feel are important for an EFI tuner? I think, you know, you need to sort of just either try to hang out with your local dyno centre or your local tuner and sort of get a bit of a feel for whether you're up for it, you know, because I've done it before where I've like trained um, people to do tuning and bits and pieces and everything's fine in a classroom, but you're still going to be good with a laptop while you're in a moving car and stuff like that as well. So, you know, um, I think, you know, get some good advice from, you know, surround yourself with some people that have done it before and, you know, try to study as much as you can. And even if it involves like, you know, fitting an aftermarket ECU to your road car or something like that. Because, hey, if you don't get to work, you don't get paid, do you? So you've got to get good at it, you know, quite quick. So 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the common questions we also get asked is, do you need to be, for example, a mechanic in order to be a tuner? Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? No, I don't think so. I think, you know, sometimes it's good to, you know, like um, be. I think with tuning, you have to be very specialised in, in like in a discipline. And I think if you just want to specialise in tuning, you don't sometimes need to know how a headlight globe lights up or, you know, et cetera. So, you know, I think if you want to go down the tuning route, you know, you can just specifically specialise in that and, you know, not worry about, you know, some other aspects of the car. Sometimes it's handy because nowadays with, you know, most of the management systems, they're a big part of the car now, aren't they? You, you're also perhaps controlling gearboxes and you're controlling um, electronic throttles, etc. So it is good to get a bit of a balance of both, really. So, you know. I think probably a lot of people who are looking at the EFI industry from the outside mm. think that we sit on the dyno with a laptop keyboard and that's the entirety of the job. And uh, I wish that was the mm. case, but of course there is fault finding. Mm. And I don't believe that being a mechanic is an essential aspect, but certainly some understanding of the interaction of the parts right. does help diagnosis go a little bit smoother. Now, obviously there are plenty of tuners all around the world. And uh, one of the reasons we are in existence is because the industry is a little bit problematic. Mm. Um, sadly, mm. there are probably more tuners out there doing horrible work than there are uh, likes of yourselves mm. doing work at the very high level. So what, in your opinion, is the difference? What's, what's got you to that level? Why have you strived to achieve and produce at such a high level where others maybe don't quite get to that point? I think, I think you know, like you're only as good as your last job. And of course, you know, You've got to just be, you know, truthful with what you do. You know, if you're, if you're not sure about something, put your hand up so you don't know about it. And then, you know, if you work with customers that way, then you could soon evolve problems and, you know, sort of, um, get to the good results in the end, really. So yeah, just don't take the piss. That's the thing. So. Pretty solid advice. Mm. I just want to move back to something else you mentioned there about putting an ECU in your own car and uh, this is certainly something that I'm a huge fan of and, and definitely it's uh, one of the things I did in my early days as well to sort of build up my own knowledge. Mm. Uh, however, I just wanted to also expand on that a little bit further in that uh, obviously before we go and start playing, it's also important to have some understanding of what the fuel does, what the ignition does and what we're actually trying to achieve. Yeah. Otherwise, clearly, the results might be pretty second hand. Yeah. Which brings me to the next part of, of the question is uh, a lot of people believe that tuners blow up a lot of engines and we've all heard the, uh, the sort of theory that it uh, takes a, a lot of broken eggs to make an mm. omelette. I don't really abide by that um, belief too much myself. So what do you think about that? Is it an essential element to become a tuner to damage a few no, engines along the way? I, I totally disagree with that as well because, you know, like, I mean, you know, like, yeah, I mean, stuff goes wrong when you're trying to push limits and stuff like that. But, uh, I mean, the amount of, like, dyno sessions that I've, like, stopped or tuning sessions that I haven't even started purely because, you know, you're – even though you're a tuner, you know, like, it's, it's not about getting the most power and whatever. It's about optimizing what the particular customer's got. Yeah, sure. You know, so – what, um, you know, the perception is, is basically you're trying to screw everything to the maximum and, you know, like sort of, you know, get miracles out of every project. But it's not the case, is it? You know, you kind of, you know, if you're honest with customers and you sort of work with them and you can kind of show them, 
you know, if you know your stuff well, you kind of show people like, you know, this is the limits. We've gone a little bit further. It's done this. And that's pretty much what you've got. And then if you've got, you know, when you eventually get experience, et cetera, you could then sort of guide people and say, look, you know, maybe you should like do this, do that, you know, and then you could like evolve your projects and stuff like that. So yeah, I think probably my opinion is that if we're tuning a moderately powered street engine, uh, something that's just mildly mm. modified, uh, unless there's a, already a mechanical problem with it, there really should be no reason for the engine to be damaged. So I think a lot of it is ur- urban urban myth or urban legend. But on the flip side of that, uh, if we are talking about some very high-powered engines that are seriously modified and we are pushing the limits, as you mentioned, then sometimes at that level, uh, things can go wrong and that's mm. not necessarily the tuner's fault either. Okay, so moving on here, if someone's then trying to get work in the field, obviously a situation where they've already built up some experience of their own, uh, what would your, be, your suggestion be on how they can approach getting into a position as a professional EFI tuner? I, I think you just need to, you know, I mean, being in the right place at the right time is a good thing. And I think, you know, word will soon get around if you're sort of doing a good job on um, tuning and stuff like that. Because it is, it is quite sought after. And you, you know, if people see your car running right and then, you know, you sort of, you, you get to start to tune your mates' cars and then you, your mates talk to your mates, et cetera. That's the best way to sort of enter the industry, really. Word of mouth, you know, because it's all good putting glossy magazines saying you could tune and whatever. But until you start like going face to face with some of these people, you know, you soon, you know, it's it's a good sort of bullshit factor is uh, um, motorsport or, you know, tuning. So, you know, you'll soon soon sort people out that aren't really cracked up for the industry really. So, I think that, that probably pretty much echoes exactly my start in the industry and I think it's something that is overlooked. Probably uh, jumping in trying to get jobs in the tuning industry with no experience on the board is, is probably pretty futile mm. and it's a really good idea to start building up your own personal yeah, brand and and showing others that you actually know what you're doing and if you're helping your mates out then then that's a good way yep. of doing that all right look thanks for the chat there david great to get some insight there and i appreciate the time cheers andre thank you if you enjoy this podcast please feel free to leave us a review on whatever platform you've chosen to listen to it on it goes a long way to helping us get the word out there All these conversations and much more are also available in full on our High Performance Academy YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe.